Welcome back to the Self-Care Doc Podcast. I'm Colin with host Dr. Brown and Dr. Janice. We are going to continue our conversation today about values, boundaries, and communication. So stay tuned. Have I been dethroned, Colin? We're testing you both out. <laughs> All right, listeners out there, you have to vote. Please don't do that. You just didn't like me talking about your bass boat. Oh, I'd love to talk to you about my bass boat. Everybody with a bass boat talks about my yeah, yeah, it's like, it, like Jeep owners or Harley owners. You have a special bass boat wave. We don't need to get into that. All right. Can you pull me water skiing? I love to water ski. Yeah, it just won't be very fast. <laughs> well, gang, welcome back. It's so great to have you. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Brown. Uh, we've got Dr. Janice and Colin, Mr. Colin. We're trying to come up with a cool nickname for him, so yeah. we're going to keep working on that. Um, Colin, I want to tie back to something. As we're talking about values and communication and um, what was the, I just boundaries. boundaries, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, something you talked about in the last episode I think was really important was uh, you were talking a little bit about co-parenting. And overwhelmingly, there's a lot of misconceptions about co-parenting and how to make it more effective. And so I'd like to kind of jump back into that as we're kicking this off. And really the idea of co-parenting, and this is a very simplified version or construct, is that co-parenting basically says what we did in our married life together, we're now going to do in two separate homes. The same values, the same uh, enforcements, the same uh, kind of consequences. And the problem with that, especially from a clinical perspective, is if those things worked, then they, you might not have been divorced. Well, yeah. And from a practical perspective, it didn't work. Right. Right. And so it's really important that when we look at that, there's a new kind of a newer age mindset. It's the idea of parallel parenting and what Hmm. parenting, parenting, wow. What parallel parenting says is what I do in my home with the kids is my responsibility or my choice. What you do in in your home is your choice. Now you would hope that the other person would do, you know, something similar values wise, but it means that you can't parent the other parent. And I think that gets into a really tough, difficult situation because we all want what's best for our kids, but we have to kind of take our hands off and say, hey, you are the other parent, 50% the parent or whatever it is. You help create these little beings, beings, beings. Um, And it's important to be able to say, hey, um, I trust that this person's going to do what's what's right, what's best. Now, this is sans any legal issue, any violence, any abuse, anything of that nature. So we're speaking more in generalities here. Um, but I can tell you in my own situation, it was absolutely important for me to just step back and say, I have no authority over this person. I have no control over this person. And in transactional analysis kind of therapy that's done, um, that's part of it is understanding that there's kind of the parent parent relationship. uh, There's the parent child relationship. There's the parent adult relationship in any con or any, uh, sequence of those, but they are, and they are another adult in your life. The other parent, Mm -hmm. the kids are kids. Your job is never to be friends, never be best friends with your kids. They need to see you as the parent. And so often what happens is we can be talking to somebody else. And I know I'm going to get hate mail for this one. Um, but we can be talking to somebody else and we try to offer advice or feedback or input, but they're not asking for it, that, which then puts us into the parent role and them in the child role, even right. with another adult. This happens in divorce cases or separation cases all of the freaking time. But you've got to realize that is not your job. Your job is to focus on what is the best, what is in the best interest of the children from your perspective during during your parenting time. If you do that well, it will carry over and it'll influence during the other parent's parenting time, not as a manipulative tactic, but a way to say, 
I see the children. This is what's important to the children. I'm going to do what I can to uh, help build that autonomy, but also respect them as an individual, not just as this being that is so helpless. Right. I think that's what we do so often in our society. So. Mm-hmm. And it's really great that you two are talking about this because you two have the knowledge, but you also have the real life experience. You are both living this right now. Mm-hmm. Because what are the approximate ages of both of your kids, respectively? Uh, yeah, I have a 18-year-old next week, mm-hmm. and then uh, my youngest will be 17 here in a couple months. Okay. Yeah. And mine are six and a half up to 13. Okay, okay. And, mine and they, are all grown and out of the house. Right, right. But you, you never stop being a parent, certainly. Right. Well, and it's but. important, though, because it's not just in the parent relation or the parent-child relationship. This is the same construct for any relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell... Uh, I can't tell an employer how to do their job. Right. And so many times people get into a job and they uh, they say, oh, well, you need to change this or, you know, why don't you guys do this differently? Well, that's not your pay grade. You know, if you have that kind of a relationship, that's great with your employer, but ultimately they don't answer to you. And people love to manage up, don't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I, I think there, yeah, and, and that's a completely another topic, but, you know, this idea. No, of, it's not. It's exactly the same. <laughs> of parallel parenting. Um, it's, you know, if you do a good job of respecting and understanding what the other parent is doing, again, like you said, full disclosure, we're not talking about, uh, extreme situations where you have to step in. But if you generally trust that your, uh, the other parent is, is, you know, for the most part, trying to do what's best for the child, if you do a good job of mirroring that the other parent will, but the biggest thing is, is your children will see what's happening and that, oh my gosh, mom and dad can get along. Like there doesn't have to be this. And we talked about scorekeeping last week and um, all of these different things. And so where we, where we kind of started that was just in, in being willing to have those conversations about boundaries with, um, you know, my, my particular situation was with my ex-spouse, but um, you know, there's some real practical uh, outcome for setting boundaries and they can uh, you know, we, we talked about this idea of having these conversations up front in relationships, but let's face it, we all have relationships all over our lives that are not starting today. And so all of these relationships are in varying stages, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And boundaries are something that I would say to a listener that would benefit every single relationship you have in life. I don't think there is a single relationship, even with yourself, that wouldn't benefit from boundaries. And so if, if I'm going to go so far out as to, to kind of make that claim, and I would hope the, uh, the doctors would correct me if I'm wrong, but if, if we're saying that these boundaries are that important, then I think the next logical place we would go is like, how do we communicate them? How do we effectively put them into place? And how do we not turn a boundaries conversation into a, a, a barking match um, and really get kind of some effective use out of this idea of boundaries. Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest things we, we need to do is we need to uh, really identify and restate what our needs actually are. Um, when, we, when we do that, we're, we're letting them know this is the topic, this is the focus, this is the thing that we're discussing or the, the topic that's important to me at this moment. Um, but I think in order to do that, we have to really set clear and reasonable expectations and kind of uh, desires from this interaction. You know, this is what I need from you. And I think in the relation, relationships, being able to say, 
You know, I've really been struggling with something I've been wanting to talk about. Uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to just sit down here with you, um, have this conversation. And at the end, I would love to hear kind of your feedback, kind of your input on it. Um, but at the end, I really want us to be able to hug and give each other a kiss, just knowing that we are doing this together. Or, you know, and it works the opposite way. If, if your partner or somebody in your life comes up to you and they start talking, it's being able to pause them and say, hey, I really I want to I can tell this is something you're really passionate about. Um, I really want to make sure that I understand and how to honor you best here, how to respect you the best. And so uh, what do you need from me in this conversation? Do you just need a listening ear or do you need feedback or do you need me to call you out? You know, uh, what is the what is the hope here? And people in my life know this. I'll use this all the time where I'll say, I just need to say this out loud. I might sound like a complete doofus in this. And if I do, give me a chance to fix it before you before you respond, mm -hmm. because sometimes we just need to hear our own voice say it out loud, don't we? Right. Mm -hmm. And by Absolutely. doing that, uh, I don't know that there's many times I've I've done that and I haven't changed something mm -hmm. because I go off. I'll go off on a little tangent. Of course, we know that happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, being able to uh, set those clear and reasonable uh, ideas of what you're looking for. But also when we're talking about boundaries, and this is a really important one, only state boundaries that you're willing to actually enforce. Hmm. So many times we make these things up, but we don't actually understand why we're doing it, and we don't consistently do that. And so um, if you give in here and there, you're actually shooting yourself in the foot, and you're teaching them, you're training people that, oh, they can just keep pushing you. And that's why like this, uh, yes. as parents, the, the folks that do this idea of, uh, you've got to the count of three. That is one of the dumbest parenting techniques in the entire universe <laughs> because you're telling them they have three more seconds. Right. No. Here's the line. Here's the consequence. You violate it. Here's the here's here's what's going to happen now. Yeah. So I think being able to understand that. Now don't don't do the whole. You've got to the count of three with your spouse. That usually doesn't go well. Well, and sure. I I think if if we can spend a moment there, yeah, it's like a moment like this. Some people wait a lifetime, <laughs> but uh, anyways, regardless of that. Uh, you know, you talk about boundaries that you're willing to kind of uphold um, and, you know, giving that three seconds and, and all of that, but also having realistic, um, I guess, consequences, positive or negative for those boundaries. And, and this shows up in parenting so often, and this is a boundaries conversation is, you know, uh, your, your kid does X, Y, Z that you're not happy with. And so you say, I'm taking everything away from you for 36 months and you're, you're not doing anything. And you know darn well that in about three days, the, the anger and the hurt or whatever it is you're feeling are going to subside. And can you realistically uphold whatever it is that boundary was that you set for your child or that consequence? Like, and the same thing is true for romantic partners or your employer or your bosses or your friends is like, you have to, and, and for yourself, it, you have to set consequences, positive or negative, that you're actually going to stick to. Because if you don't, you're devaluing your word, not only to others, but also to yourself. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to throw something in here, you know, just to throw a wrench in. When we're talking welcome, about... Welcome, Janice. That's why we have you here. Yes. If when, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you that, can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a Janice. Uh, hey, <laughs> I happen to love that movie, and my favorite line is, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> so anyway, I, you didn't was, even know you quoted That especially creepy. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's yeah we did. <laughs> we, we got this. Yay! All right, so let's so, go self -care along Self-care doc outing. Yes. <laughs> go ahead, Janice. Sorry. <laughs> On his bass boat? Okay. We're, we're, we're going back here. Um, what were we talking about? You said you wanted to throw a wrench into our conversation. Oh. So what wrench is that? Yes. 
when you're talking about kids, parenting, you know, when you've got the parallel parenting, all of these different things, and how important the boundaries are and keeping the boundaries, then you've got something that can be really difficult is how do you add in flexibility with that? You don't, none. You are a stinker (laughs) pants. Well, (laughs) flexibility, I think it's, it's a great question, absolutely. But flexibility from whose perspective? Because the fact is, um, again, we, we talk about kids again, but um, kids are not in charge. Uh, they're kids. They don't know how to be in charge. They don't have the executive functioning. The frontal cortex is not developed enough so that they can actually understand and appreciate these things. But I think it's important that we've got, to, number one, I think we've got to consider the timing of the conversation. You know, is the person even at a place where they can even hear the message or mm-hmm. hear the boundary even? Uh, most of the time we just kind of blindside people. We talked about this in a previous episode where you want to kind of uh, preempt the conversation. Hey, I'd really like to have this conversation about this topic just tonight after dinner work. Mm -hmm. You're showing the respect not only for you but also for them. And that kind of goes into the second point. It's helping you and them to both be prepared. This works the same with parenting as as, uh, employees, as coworkers. I mean, it doesn't make a difference who in your life. But when you are there, you're preparing for the conversation, but you're also looking for a successful outcome. You can't do that if you don't identify what that successful outcome might look like. Right. Um, but you've also got to consider the delivery. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you approach somebody and say, hey, dumbass, we got to talk, mm-hmm. that's probably not going to be super effective. <laughs> right. Um, and I think, yeah, but what if they're a dumbass? Well, that's not your ju- judgment to make. Okay. Yeah, they might, do, to make they, sure. they might do dumbass things, Sure, but yeah, it doesn't make them a dumbass, Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm but, working on that. I think we all are. <laughs> um, but it's also being very clear. Um, I'm notorious for being a storyteller. I know, surprise from everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know sometimes when I'm talking about something, like the message is lost because I just need to get to the point. And so... Being able to have that conversation and say, hey, I'm really trying to make sure that I'm being a good listener. I'm really trying to make sure that I'm receiving the information that you're providing. Um, what I hear you saying is this. Or, hey, uh, uh, can, can you uh, say that differently? Maybe I just did that with you a little bit ago, Janice. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do that, we're saying, I want to be honoring to you. And in order for me to do that, this is how I need it segmented. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just let their partners talk and talk and talk. And they can't get a word in edgewise. You've got to be able to have that space to be able to say, hey, hey, I'm, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I don't want to miss anything. Is, is this the point that you're that you're making right now? Yeah. Clarify it. Uh, there's many times I'll go into a conversation, I'll actually have an agenda written out. And it sounds kind of stale and cold, but you know what? The communication is a heck of a lot more effective. No, and I think that's, that's a really good point. And like, you know, there are there are these conversations that are difficult, but the more you have them, the e- not, I don't want to say the easier be, they become, but the the better communication happens between two people. The more that they're willing to have these conversations that sometimes are uncomfortable. And and you just talked about an agenda, and I, I am going to self admittedly um, steal one of the things that I've heard you say, Doctor Brown, and make it my own here. Uh-oh. So, um, but I've heard you say in the past the idea of like a relationship state of the union. And so if you're not comfortable having like, hey, let's sit down and talk about this specific boundary, structure in some of these things into your daily or weekly or monthly, whatever routine to where you're organically going to have these conversations. And so the example I'll give is in a relationship, um, 
uh, uh, romantic partner or whatever, if, if you are able to say, we are going to sit down once a week and we're going to talk about three different things. And I'm stealing this from Dr. Brown, copyright 2024, whatever it is, so nobody give me credit, give him credit as he's grinning at me. <laughs> um, and he'll probably test me on, on whether or not I've heard this correctly. But it's really effective. And you, you say, we're going to talk about three things consistently once a week. We're going to get our schedules coordinated for the next week and understand so we both know where each other are going, what we have to do, what are our non-negotiables that have to get done this week. But then if you can say, hey, tell me something that I've done this week that you absolutely want me to continue doing because you enjoyed it. Tell me that. And that's a great conversation to have. But then here's where the boundary comes in. And you don't know that you're talking about boundaries because it's a nice segue if you say, now tell me something that I've done in the last week that you would absolutely be okay if I never did again. Right there, you're allowing that person to set boundaries for you and, and, and open that conversation in a non-threatening way because you do it consistently. And guess what? You're going to be able to answer the same question. So what I'm getting at is like it doesn't always have to be a confrontational, let's sit down and talk about boundaries. Figure out ways in your relationships to have these conversations, these meaningful conversations, and communicate and I think that's at the essence of what we're trying to say is communicate effectively. It's not going to be the same. It's not a one-size-fits-all for every listener or every couple or every relationship um, that's listening to this. Figure out what works for you and use those communication techniques to have these conversations. Yeah, I think I think yeah, very well said. I, th I thought you did a wonderful job of reiterating that. Um, the one thing that I would add that I think is just as important, if not the most important, is what's a way I can pray for or encourage you in this in this coming week? Yeah. You know, what do you have going on so I can understand what's happening in your world this week? When we actually uh, have that understanding, um, we're actually sharing in that shared experience of life together. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. So gang, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up and we'll be back tomorrow, kind of close out with... What are some tips and effective ways to have better communication throughout all of your different relationships? So make sure to stay tuned for that, and we will see you next time. Adios. You tell me you were wrong, but your words fall short on the ground.